0: following program is sponsored by Grace Church, Dumfries, Virginia.
1: Grace Church, real people, real lives. Grace Church, real lives, real change. Grace Church, real people,
0: real
2: lives, real change. Hello, and welcome to Grace for Today. You can always visit us online at gracechurchva.org to hear this message and much more. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's teaching.
1: All right, we're going to get right in the Word. Time is going to beat us up this morning. Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. You know, I usually like to have fun and stuff, you know, while I'm ministering, but this morning I had more of a growl. (laughs) And I was saying, Lord, am I in a mood? What is the deal? I'm trying to decide, is it heaven or is it me? I'm not sure yet, but um, if I start growling, it'll do you good. Um. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Your word says, they that are led by your Spirit are sons of God. We're not led by voices, but by that deep being, the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside. Father, I feel like you're protectively growling over this congregation. And um, not against us, but against things that would destroy us, hurt us, and harm us. And Father, help meet a flow and help the congregation to flow and help us to receive your protection, your insight. It's never to harm us. It's always to do us good. So, Lord, we submit this uh, Sunday morning meeting to you. Your will be done in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen? Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. Then the apostles... Gathered to Jesus. As church leaders, we have to be careful not to rally around our denominations or our traditions. Make sure that the rally cry is always around the person of Jesus Christ. So, whether you're Lutheran, you know, Catholic, I don't know what you are, really don't care. The, the, what, what I do care about is do you love my Jesus? And these apostles, they are gathered to the Master. And they did something. They told him all things. These 12 men lived their lives as individuals that would have to give an account. And it's important that we recognize that one day we are going to give a full accounting for how we spent every moment and every second of our lives. These disciples didn't just, you know... Brag about all the wonderful things they did in their meetings and services. I, I believe in this, this time they shared both their hits and their misses. And it's important that, that you can talk to, to people about, you know, uh, situations that go well, but also you, you can talk to somebody when it doesn't go so well. And, and I've learned, you know, some people just have to lie. But, but if you just have to lie, there are two people you just should never lie to. First is God, but second is yourself. Always tell yourself. The truth. Amen. Well, they told him all things, everything, good and the bad and the ugly, both what they had done and what they had taught. Jesus he had a different philosophy of ministry than most today. He was not just window dressing in the lives of his disciples. He was bold and unafraid to get right up in the middle of his disciples' business. So basically when they came back to the master, Jesus looked them in the face and said, you did what? You said what? And the the disciples weren't put off by it. They answered. And and, and Jesus wasn't going to harm them. He was just going to use the moment to instruct them. So that they have this moment of accountability. And again, once you're sent out or sent out, it's vital that you come back with an account to someone in authority. And in verse 31, it's Seems kind of odd what he says, but in a moment I think you're going to begin to understand. Then he said to them, come aside by where or who? By your what? Selves. Selves. This is a very, very important principle. The more we do in public, the more we need to be alone with God in private. And if you ever get that out of order, you will pay for it. Dearly, we can do more than pray only after we have prayed, but we can never do more than pray until we have prayed. And these guys had a real public ministry, Jesus saw it. Matter of fact, we're going to look at some things in a moment. They were just sent out, that's the background, we didn't cover it here, but they were sent out and they went into all these towns, and you know, demons were cast out, and, and people listened to what they taught, they proclaimed the kingdom. But behind, you know, the success, Jesus said, no, 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 no. Be careful about getting too caught up in that. In order for you to endure and sustain what I have for you, you're going to have to learn to pull away. And as much public time as you, you have with, with, with people, you're going to have to begin to match that with your private time. He said, come aside by yourself. Now, I mean, come on. I mean, the crowds are growing. Why, why, why would he do this? The master is teaching them a principle. Come aside by yourselves. Then he says to a deserted place. Oh, Jesus, you're just trying to keep us down. Jesus, you're jealous. But you know, at this point in my journey, my greatest spiritual battles, battles, they're not over money, not over people really, not over lands or buildings. The greatest spiritual battles in, in my life is over undistracted moments with God. Seems like the devil will do anything except allow me to have a moment focused on and experiencing God. In fact, he'll give me crowds of thousands in order for me to miss that moment that will ultimately make me most effective in a public setting. He said, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and Rest a while. Rest is absolutely essential to work. But here's something I, I, I've learned when you work beyond a, a certain breakpoint, you begin to receive diminishing returns. If you remember when you were in school, you know, uh, whether it's high school or, or, or college or what have you, you had a test the following morning and Maybe you stayed up, you know, study from nine o'clock to two o'clock in the morning. But you know, right about two o'clock, you had a choice to make. I can get six hours' sleep and you know, or maybe even five hours' sleep, get up for my eight o'clock test, or I could study through. And here's the deal: at that point, the more you work, probably the the more you study, the worse you're gonna do on the test. At some point, you gotta pack it in, give it to God. Just rest and leave it alone. Otherwise, you're going to damage yourself trying to do more. And one of the challenges in in, in leadership, ministry, and business is maintaining that balance and knowing when to stop, knowing when to rest, and knowing when to work. So Jesus said, listen, some some wonderful things are happening, but here at this point, you you need to to remember, guys— You need time in private with the master in order to continue to be successful. Then he goes on here, Mark does, and he explains what was happening. He says, for many were coming and going. Progress will always come at a price. It will always cost somebody something. You don't just go into some nice setting and nobody invested in making that happen. In fact, I I have no problem with a person ever wanting what I have. No, No problem at all. As long as they're willing to pay the price that I paid to have what I have. Are you hearing me? Some people get real shady, you know, you know oh, they got all this. They got all Did you know what I did? And, man, I'll help you do what I did. But you, you, you got to make the same investment to receive the same outcome. It said, for there were many coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat These guys are in the will of God. These guys are walking with Jesus personally. You see, service to God doesn't always come in neat little packages. Oh, how I wish I was able to just neatly divide everything and stick it into its right place all the time. But the reality is when when you're really doing something for God, you might have to miss some lunches. You might have to miss some dinner dates. And even some basic needs at times may have to be delayed. Jesus understood what was going on in these men's lives. He knew what it would take for them to make it to the end. So he said, guys, in the midst of this thing, I need you to learn how to pull away and have private time with the Father. Verse 32, so they deserted, or departed to a deserted place in the boat, all by themselves. I mean, this is great. I mean, you're about to go on vacation with Jesus. I mean, that's the only thing greater than me going away with my wife is going away. But I, you know, when we go together, Jesus is still with us, you. Know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but, and these guys are headed on vacation with Jesus. And, you know, uh, teams that play together stay together, and you know. Having fun together as a team is important. Having fun together as a family, by the way, is important. I mean, you know, vacations, you know, you, be frank with you, often I get, I'm more tired when I come back than, than when I left. Because, you know, hanging out with the kids, you, you're planning, you're doing all these different things. But what are we trying to do as parents? Build memories into our, our kids' lives. And, 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 and learning while they're young, learning how to play together. So that when they're, they're 21, they want to come back and have fun. You're not a chore. Oh, I got to go back to my house. I got to call my mother. Oh, gosh. You know, no. But when you, when you had a life where the family played together, it's not a drudgery to call mom and dad. It's not a discipline anymore. It's a desire and a thing of the heart. So, parents, please have fun with your family. I mean, don't, don't just provide for them. Make sure, be intentional about having moments of just hanging out, enjoying yourself with your, your kids. So again, they're going on vacation, you know, everything is good, but then all of a sudden the clouds kind of roll in and hit hey, the people come. And in verse 33, we're going to use the ESV here because the language is clearer. Now many saw them going and recognized them. You know, there's a downside to every good thing. Everybody wants recognition, but <laughs> watch what happens. Now, many, when they saw them going, they what? Recognized what? Them. Not just him. Pay attention. But they recognized who? Them. People did not just see a leader going somewhere. People saw a team going somewhere. In fact, I would pass up meeting with a successful person in, in, in a blink of an eye. I, I'd let that go in order to meet with a successful team. It doesn't really take greatness for you to become great. True greatness, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll just hang on to that thought. We'll come back. They ran there, this is the people, on foot from all the what? Towns. When people see a team that's going somewhere, they'll run from every, every part or every place to become a part. Here's part of my growl. You go to a church, the pastor's doing great. But if the only one doing well in the church is the pastor, there's something wrong with the church. (laughs) Leadership is not about me doing well. The measure of my office is not how well I do in life. Frankly, I could do that without my office. I don't have to be a pastor to do well. The measure of my office... Let me say this before I finish that statement. is a, I don't remember who said this. But a gentleman said, if, if there's someone calling themselves a leader, but they're walking and then they look behind and find no one's following, they're not a leader. They're just somebody who went for a walk. <laughs> my goal standing behind this pulpit has nothing to do with me trying to prove something, accomplish something, outside of making you better. If the pastor is the only person doing well, the pastor's a poor leader. Either that, or he just has some stubborn, stiff-necked people around him. And sometimes it's a combination of both. But back to the statement I stopped in the middle of, the way I measure my progress is not how many butts are in the seat, but it's how well you're living. So now the question is, how much progress am I really making? How you living? I mean, we get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, but we've talked about this before. Everything big is not necessarily good or healthy. I recently saw a woman with a great big old goiter right attached to her neck. It was big, but it was killing her. Bigger's not always better unless it's healthy. And if your goal is only to hear a good message on Sunday, you really don't understand your pastor or the purpose of church. I stand here every Sunday with the intention to make you better to add value to your life. If you really want to assess a leader, assess the people around the leader to really get an idea of what that individual is doing. Paul said it this way. He said, listen, I don't need letters from nobody talking about, you know, I'm anointed and, and appointed all that. He said, you are my letter. You are the proof of my ministry. Now, I'm talking for a moment about a pastor, but I'm really ultimately talking about Jesus. You are proof to this world. You are the, you're the only folks. People can't see Jesus, but they see you. As the representative of Christ on the earth, what are you saying about your leader? What is your life saying about your leader? Okay, I'm glad you memorized some scripture, but what does your life say about your leader? My goal in my life is to bring glory to God, yeah. Yeah. that somehow when people take a look at me, they honor Him. Yeah. The reason I live right is really not because I'm, I'm so afraid of sin, because God's grace is pretty incredible sometimes, sometimes more than I've ever imagined. One of the reasons I live right is because I love Him so much and I don't want to dishonor His name. The reason some of y'all live in the way you're living is you don't love God. If you loved him, you'd behave. If you cared about his reputation, you'd take that bumper sticker off the back of your car because you know how you drive and the, the hand signals you give. <laughs> Guys, the reason we're here is to bring honor to him. And if we're living dishonorable lives, why should God heal us and keep us here any longer? If the salt loses its saltiness, the Bible calls it good for nothing. How many good for nothing folks do we have in this room? Don't look at nobody. (laughs) My desire is to be salt. My desire is to retain my distinctives. My desire is I'm not perfect but to represent the one who is. And when I'm wrong, admit I'm wrong, but when I'm right, do it right and keep doing it right until it comes. Now, many saw them going. You see, them. Pay attention. It wasn't just Jesus anymore. When you start doing things in the name of the Lord, you represent the Lord. The Scripture did not say they saw Jesus. The ASV says here, many saw them. And they recognized them, not just Jesus, them. And they ran after them. And God wants to expand his power from, from, from his son into the church. But here's the deal. When he gives you that type of platform of credibility, how are you going to use it? Now imagine if after, I'm really way off the subject here this morning. Imagine if after Peter preached, cast out demons, and, uh, you know, talked about the kingdom, he he went into uh, 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 14th Street, copped a little thing, the whole thing, the whole thing, the credibility, all gone. See, the problem is if God gives you a platform, God knows what you're going to do with it. Some of you should be slower. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Some of y'all need to be slower to tell folks you're Christians. If you loved the Lord, you'd be quiet about it till you had a little bit of fruit. I'm really not in a bad mood. Church, we got to stop playing. we got to stop living for ourselves. It's not about us and what we want, but about the testimony we leave about Him. Well, they ran on foot from all the towns and... They got there ahead of them. And this is important. See, when, when people see a team going somewhere, they'll leave everything. These, this was the work of day world. These were peasants largely. They don't have resources not to go to work. In fact, if they didn't go to work, they wouldn't eat. But, but what happened? They left all, changed their plans suddenly. As soon as they saw this team going somewhere, because, again, when they saw the team going somewhere, they said, okay, I can be part of the team and I can go somewhere too. So, so they left all. And they did whatever they took. They sacrificed their plans to get in position for their blessing. Movement or motion creates motion. It's just that way. And you know, and if if I wasn't even going anywhere in life, I'd at least pretend. And I I learned that years ago when my wife and I were dating, and and, and man, things were slim. What I do is I I I'd get about fifteen singles, and I wrap it up in a hundred dollar bill put it in my money clip. All I could afford was McDonald's. She didn't know it It was really my rent money, by the way. (laughs) But when I was in McDonald's, I made McDonald's look good. I looked like I was going somewhere. You hear what I'm saying? And the disciples, they were going somewhere, not just Jesus, though. I'm delighted that Christ is at the right hand of the Father, but he said, you know what, I go away, and and here's the deal, I'm going to prepare a place for you. True leadership is not just Jesus getting to the right hand of the Father. It's Him bringing us with Him. True leadership's moms and dads, not just getting your neighbor saved, but it's bringing your children with you and doing whatever it takes to reach them. As a pastor, I get frustrated sometimes with parents. The kids have a problem. They bring it to the church. I like the church problem. First of all, we get the child two hours maybe a week. Y'all don't come regularly enough, so it's really every other week. And somehow we're responsible. You the daddy? You the All we can do is reinforce what you do at home. Stop passing the buck. All right. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. It appears that Jesus' plans are completely ruined here, I mean, completely messed up. But I want you to notice the master's flexibility. And if you're going to work with God and be successful in the kingdom, you have to learn to roll with the punches even when it doesn't go your way. And then it says, he saw this crowd. Again, he's on vacation, but they crowd in him. He looked at them, and he he got mad at them for messing up his holiday. Why don't y'all leave me alone sometimes? We need a break too. great crowd came. And he had compassion on them. Servant leadership is sometimes for fitting your rights for the needs of others. It's you being uncomfortable in order to be a blessing to somebody else. But but watch this. Mark is about to put his finger on the entire problem. And that clock up there is brutal. It keeps ticking and I can't make it stop. He says. This is a Holy Spirit insight. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were like a sheep or sheep without a leader. Almost every problem can be boiled down to a leadership problem. Everything. Church, family, business, our nation rises and falls on leadership. A lack of leadership, lack of progress. But here's the deal. Leadership doesn't start in a church. It starts at home. Yeah. <laughs> Parents, when you go home at night, it's not about you resting at the, because you worked hard at the job. Your real job begins when you get there with, with your children. And he began to teach them, says here, many things. And what we see here is the master is about to address this leadership crisis. You know, uh, people think they're clever pointing out problems. That doesn't make you a leader. That just just makes you observant. Everywhere you go, you're going you're gonna to see problems. But what Jesus did, instead of just pointing out the problem, he, he, he addresses it by developing leaders himself. So from uh, uh, verse 35 or so, it, it, Jesus kind of begins a, a leadership One hundred And we're going to look very quickly at 12 leadership lessons that he taught these disciples in these moments. We're going to have to move quickly. Verse 35. And when it grew late, his disciples did what? Came to him. Lesson number one. If you want to be a leader, always come to him. Especially when you see a problem emerging. They saw a problem on the horizon and they immediately got on their knees and got before the master. So don't wait until your daughter comes home with the baby bump. You hear what I'm saying? Watch the boy she's dating. And and see the issue emerging. Do you understand? And he said, or they said, this is a desolate place. See, what would have been refreshing for a small team is now a problem because the numbers have changed. Lesson number two. Leaders must be aware of the change in their environment. And what was okay at one level may not be okay at the next. What might be refreshing at one level may not be at the next, and you've got to shift and make adjustments as you grow and go.
2: We hope you were challenged by today's teaching. You can get your copy of this teaching on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's gracechurchva.org. You can also subscribe to our website to learn more about Grace Church, and you can get directions, free downloads, and more. Bishop and Pastor Greer also invite you to worship with us here at Grace Church. We are just minutes from Potomac Mills Mall and Quantico Marine Base. We look forward to seeing you here at Grace Church, where we are real people with real lives experiencing real change. Grace Church and Derek Greer Ministries thanks all of our friends and partners for your commitment and loving support. Your giving helps us continue to reach people and change lives all over the world. Join us Monday as Dr. Greer continues this teaching.